From Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock to the 14-year-old rocking out in their room, the electric guitar has been one of the most recognisable sounds of the last century. But have you ever wondered how the hell they actually work? This week on In The Shower, we're snapping the strings. In the shower with Taz and Marcus, 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 in the shower with Taz and Marcus. Hello, lovely people, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast that aims to answer the mysteries of the world in the time it takes you to shower. Have you ever wondered the answer to questions like, do plants have feelings? What makes food spicy? Do periods actually synchronise? Why is plastic so bad? Or about 70 more. If you have, then good news, you've come to the right place. We've answered all of those questions. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we're about to answer one more. This week's question comes from the one and only Tom Wilkinson, who's asked us how the hell an electric guitar works. So step into the shower as we answer his question on another episode of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. In the shower with Taz and Marcus, 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 in the shower with Taz and Marcus. Here we are, 2019, the first episode of the new year. Happy just new- when I get used to saying like 2018, it's 2019. Like just when I got used to saying 2017, it was 2018. And all of a sudden we're in 2019. And do you know what next year is, Marcus? It's bloody 2020. Yeah, exactly. 2020. Heck the time hell. doesn't stop. This is our third year podcasting. Is it? Yeah. We started in 2017. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Time flies when, you, when you're answering questions in the shower. <laughs> anyway. This week's question comes from Tom Wilkinson in Manchester, um, and it was awesome to answer, mainly because it was one of those que- one of those questions that I thought I knew the answer to, but I actually didn't really. He asked very simply how an electric guitar works. Do you know what? Is an electric guitar not just powered by the raw energy of rock flowing through your body? Do you know what? Uh, it may seem like that sometimes, but there's actually far more to it than that. Um, have you ever played guitar, Taz? I haven't really, actually. My brother, both of my brothers do, but I have never. Have you? Yeah, I, I've played guitar most of my life. I started playing guitar when I was about 10. Um, so to play guitar two-thirds of my life, which is crazy. I've always been obsessed with electric guitars. I used to, on the way home from school, every single day, stop into a little guitar shop that's still there and no play way. guitar for about an hour. They must have hated me in that shop. <laughs> like, I'd say they could set their watch every single day by me. It, it had a lock on the door. You had to knock to get in. By me, like, with my giant school bag as, like, a 13-year-old knocking on the door being like, Hello, can I come and play guitar again and not buy anything? <laughs> I'd say they loved it. I don't know, but do you know what? Like, researching this episode made me realise that, like, from that age up until now, I've kind of taken electric guitars from granted. Because, you know, it's just like, lead goes in, sound comes out, something, 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 magnets. But actually, there's some really cool history and, and some really interesting electronics there. Yeah, like if you if you paid me right now 50 quid to explain how an electric guitar works, I genuinely wouldn't have a clue. Going out on a whim, I'm guessing it's something to do with maybe vibrations or something. But let's start at the beginning. Do you have any idea kind of who made the first electric guitar? When was it made? What do we know? So I always thought that it was, it was Leo Fender. 
So of Fender guitars. Of Fender guitars. Yeah. yeah. I thought that he created the first uh, the first electric guitar, and I was actually totally wrong. And it predates him by quite a bit. Really? Yeah. So I'm going to give kind of a a historical synopsis of this, and then we'll kick into how it actually works. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So in the 1920s, um, acoustic guitars were common across a lot of genres, from jazz to, to swing bands to everything like that. But generally, they were an accompanying instrument uh, due to their lack of volume. And like there was there was modified guitars that had more volumes, like uh, kind of banjo guitars and dobros, which are guitars with a metallic body. And by more volume, you mean actual like sound actual, volume. Actual sound Louder. volume, yeah. yeah. Um, but what drove the creation of the electric guitar was the desire for more volume on the part of guitarists, who in true rock star form were sick of playing a supporting role and really wanted to be in the spotlight. So this is kind of maybe in comparison to drums, which could get a louder volume naturally. Exactly. Drums, um, you could amplify. And the Even thing is, singing, I suppose, could be amplified easier than... Well, guitars could have been amplified by holding a microphone right. up to the guitar, but it was never an electric guitar. Yeah, okay. Um, so all those early recordings you hear of, like, you know, swing jazz in the 1920s and stuff like that, was always a guitar being... An acoustic guitar being amplified through a microphone as opposed to uh, being electrified as an instrument itself. Okay, and then like right? guitarists kind of thought there has to be a better way to do this. Yeah, because what the, what that amplification did through a microphone meant that it didn't pick up the finer details. Mm. It just picked up the whole resonance as a sound. Right, right. So various types of modifications were made to hollow body guitars. Uh, just to give it for non-guitarists, a hollow body guitar is any guitar that you can think of like an acoustic it, it has a hole in it or it has F holes on the side of it like a cello and it produces resonance by vibrating the actual body of the guitar and the hollow produces the amplification that's essentially um, why there's a hole in acoustic guitars exactly so the sound leaves that hole the whole body of the guitar vibrates and the hollow actually amplifies that sound right mm. um, so various modifications were made to that kind of guitar such as attaching horns like you know like uh, kind of like a, a trumpet horn or a, an amplification horn um, out of one of the holes or like having having it attached separately yeah okay then like metallic resonators and then very basic magnetic pickups um or transducers which turned uh, turned the guitar into a lead standalone instrument which led to the, the development of a ton of revolutionary new musical styles so new new musical style, styles what kind of what kind of genre could our lovely listeners listen to if they want to hear these early instruments So a lot of people think that like early ele- electric guitar music was like you know rock and yeah, blues but absolutely. like before that in the in the 1930s the first big genre that it kind of came to was Hawaiian music No way Yeah which is actually really lovely to listen to and if you look up on YouTube search for like early 1930s Hawaiian music you'll get a really good idea of what that sound and um, the so the first electric guitar which was commercially produced in the 1930s um, was brought to the market by Rickenbacker who are still making guitars and basses really really lovely guitars and basses it was nicknamed the frying pan um, and this guitar was it was a very it was called the frying pan because of its shape it was a basic guitar na- neck and a small circular body with one magnet magnetised pickup on it and it was played flat across the lap so you'd hold a slide in your left hand if you I were think, right-handed. I think I actually, I think I've actually seen it before. It's, yeah, it's ringing so a bell. You kind of slide up and down, and it creates like that distinctive, like relaxed Hawaiian slidey sound. Ah, okay. Oh okay. yeah, so like that really, really distinctive, dreamy sound was the first electric guitar which was kind of brought into mainstream music, and it was produced and sold and recorded with. Okay, cool. So. Moving on from the frying pan, what's kind of the next step in a guitarist's journey? 
so the, the guitar's journey. Um, inspired by the sound and the and the, the mechanics of the frying pan, a man named Orville Gibson, um, whose name is still plastered on the headstocks of some of the finest guitars available today, uh, just Gibson guitars. I mean, that's a household name, right? Yeah. Even if you're not a guitarist, so he created what's seen as the first hollow body electronic guitar. Um, which defined the sound of jazz and swing in the 1940s. It was called the uh, the Gibson ES-150. And he basically attached a magnetic pickup to a hollow body guitar. Now, this wasn't without its issues. Um, the fact that the guitar was hollow led to issues with resonance and feedback, um, mm. which meant that when it was plugged in, it had the gain had to be turned down quite substantially for the sound to be clear. Um, but that... From Resonance, a, of course, is yeah, is an echo within the body of, of the guitar. But that, um, you know, from any kind of difficulty comes invention. And that led guitarist and luthier, a luthier is somebody who makes guitars. A luthier? Um, a luthier, Amazing. yeah. Um, led guitarist and luthier, Les Paul, to create the first ever solid body electric guitar in 1940. Um, and the first guitar that he created, and this is actually so interesting, I didn't know this, isn't the iconic Les Paul, which, you know, like when you think, generally when people think of an electric guitar, they either think of a Fender Strat or a Gibson Les Paul. Like that's the two default, yeah. like almost kind of meme guitars. Uh, what he first did was he took um, a standard hollow body guitar and he actually cut the whole thing into three sections. So he cut the center part out of the guitar and it was left with the two kind of wings. Okay. And he made a guitar which was nicknamed the Log by putting a magnetic pickup into a solid piece of wood and then gluing the two sides of a hollow body guitar onto it. So they actually didn't have a function other than appearance. Ah. The guitar, um, the guitar's pickup was put in a solid piece of wood and that was the first ever solid body um, electric guitar. This killed the resonance, it killed the feedback. And, the kind and it of the, kind of looked like a guitar, essentially. And it looked like yeah. a guitar, exactly. The rest is history. All the subsequent music which defined the sound of the electric guitar can be pinpointed to that moment. No way! That Les Paul created. So the who first. are we talking? Oh, like Jimi Hendrix, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Santana, um, anybody, really. Like everyone to like modern guitarists like Tom Misch, anyone who... That, that can actually just be pinpointed right back then to 1940 uh, when Les Paul created that. And his name is still, like, Les Pauls are still some of the best guitars that you can get. He died in 2009. And when you look at the impact that he singularly had on music, it's, it's mad. absolutely fascinating. Um, so yeah, this, this was essentially all because guitarists wanted to be heard and didn't want to be in the back line anymore. Exactly. Kind of like, to answer Tom's question... How do they actually work? Like, how did Le- how did Les Paul invent this? How does it work? And, yeah, like, you know. So earlier inform. in the episode, I mentioned um, a thing that might have kind of gone in as guitar jargon called a pickup, right? If you look at any electric guitar, the pickups are a series of magnets on the body of the guitar, which somehow miraculously take acoustic signal and turn them into electric signals, allowing them to be amplified. So how does a magnet turn sound into an electronic frequency. That seems like witchcraft. Yeah, like it actually seems a bit like witchcraft, but when you break it down, it's really interesting. So below each string, the strings are always made of metal uh, yes. in an electric guitar, and uh, so they're magnetized. Uh, below each string is a magnet around which a copper wire is wrapped many, 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 literally thousands of times, right? Which creates a magnetic transducer, which in turn creates a stable magnetic field around the strings. So how do the magnets turn acoustic resonance into electronic signal. So here's the interesting thing. It isn't actually the acoustic resonance of the string which gets amplified. For example, that's what happens in an acoustic guitar, but rather 
in an electric guitar is the vibration of the string at a certain frequency which disrupts that magnetic field and then gets turned into an electric signal um, and that that's what gets amplified. So for example, the A string vibrates 440 times back and forth every single second, which translates to 440 hertz. No way! Yeah, so that sends it to the guitar's output through the lead to an amplifier. That's incredible. Isn't it? So electric guitars all really come down to magnets and good vibrations. Exactly. Do, do, do. <laughs> good vibration! <laughs> The sound gets converted uh, to a very weak electrical signal at a certain frequency which gets sent to an amplifier which converts it back into sound and bingo, you can rock out in your room pretending that you're melting faces with a stormer of a guitar solo on the main stage of Coachella. All thanks to the humble magnet. Jesus, that is so interesting. I can safely say that I've learned a lot on that episode. Do you know what? Because that... it's something that you think is going to be like witchcraft and it is essentially witchcraft. But it's witchcraft that kind of makes sense. It is. And uh, do you know what? Guaranteed every single person listening to this knows at least one person who plays guitar. Absolutely. So knowing that little thing, it's just like, it, it's real day knowledge, you know? It's 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 applicable. It's what we aim to do here and in the show <laughs> yeah. with Taz and Marcus. So come here to you, Marcus. Do we have any guitar facts at the end of the episode? I have a couple of facts, yeah. So um, we'll start big, right? Yes. The most expensive guitar ever sold was the Reach Out Asia Stratocaster. Wow, that's a name. Reach Out Asia. So this was a guitar which was uh, made specifically uh, to be auctioned uh, as a benefit for the 2004 tsunami in Indonesia, right? Right. And it was played and then signed by pretty much every living guitar legend of its day, right? So Eric Clapton, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Ronnie Wood, Brian May from Queen, Dave Glimmer from Pink Pink Floyd, Jimmy Page from Zeppelin, Jeff Beck, Mark Knopfler, Pete Townsend, Tony Iommi, Angus Young, Malcolm Young, Sting, Richie Blackmore, members of Def Leppard, Brian Adams, Liam Gallagher, Paul McCartney, and more. Holy moly. And that sold for $2.7 million in auction to an anonymous buyer from Qatar. Holy crap. Do they call it their electric guitar? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You see... Ah, come on. That that was terrible. Ah! Okay, do you have another one? I do, yeah. So, uh, the first guitar was actually created in ancient Egypt. What? Well, kind of, right? Okay, okay. Um, It was a guitar-like instrument created three and a half thousand years ago. Um, It'd be a far cry from the guitars we play today, right? It belonged to a celebrity singer in Egypt Mm. at the time called Harmose and was made from polished cedar with a rawhide soundboard. It had three strings and even had a plucking plectrum device attached to the instrument via a cord. And it's actually still, it's still intact and uh, it's on display at the Archaeological Museum of Cairo. Holy moly, 3,500 years ago. Mm -hmm. Madness. Okay, one more? Well, last fact. Okay. In 2001, a British musician called Chris Black fell so madly in love with his red Fender Stratocaster, known by the nickname Brenda the Fender, that he married it after 35 years of dating. Stop. Yeah, the ceremony was held in a church in London and was officiated by a friend. The guitar was technically his second wife, as Chris was was also married to a human woman at the time. Human woman. I like how they really had to specify. Human woman. Human woman. woman. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris, in a in a statement, said, never taking himself too seriously, is only for a bit of a laugh to cheer people up. Go on, Chris. Brenda the Fender. <laughs> in the shower with Tazimarcus, 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 in the shower with Tazimarcus.
Well, there you have it. That is how an electric guitar works. I learned something and I hope you did too. There you go. So if your nephew or your daughter or your friend or your housemate got an electric guitar for Christmas and they are shredding up the house and it's wrecking your head, now you have a little bit more insight into why. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of In The Share with Taz and Marcus. We have so many other episodes just like this one of varying lengths none of them are longer than 20 minutes that we answer the mysteries of the world we do them in a bite-sized chunk you will be a more interesting dinner party guest if you listen to all the episodes and they're good fun they're good fun thank you very very much for listening i love you taz loves you we love you if you like in the share with taz and marcus even if it's the first time you listened or it's the 50 time you have listened Please, please, please do recommend this podcast to a friend or to a family member or to the person sitting beside you on the bus. If you shared it on your social media, that would equally be really, really helpful. The way this podcast grows is through word of mouth. So if you enjoy it, please, please do tell your friends about it. And if you want to get in touch with us, it couldn't be easier. If you have a question that you want us to answer on In The Shower or you just want to say hello or send us a picture of your dog in 2019, that is also cool. If you want to get in touch with us on social media, just search for In The Shower with Taz and Marcus on Facebook or look up In The Shower Pod on Instagram or Twitter. If you want to send a question to our email, you can get us at gmail.com. I forgot where I was going there for a yeah, second. Yeah, you, you really built up tension there. If you want to send a question to our... Where, 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 where are you going to send it to? <laughs> but in all honesty, we are looking for more questions. So please, if you have any questions that keep you up at night or if your granny had any questions at Christmas that made you go, hmm, I wonder... Please do send it in and we'll debunk it for you. Couple of thank yous to end the episode. Thank you so much, Flo Robinson, for doing our cover art. Thank you to Alan and Paddy and all the crew in the Headstuff Podcast Network. And finally, thanks so much to Dave Gertzman for our theme music. Dave Gertzman, you're a legend. Next week's episode, Marcus. Next week's episode. You know what? We haven't done a bum episode in a while. We haven't. And I think it's about time. I think we need to start the year off in, in a good way. Just to give a bit of context, uh, when we launched in the Sherrod and Marcus, we got inundated with questions about bums and poos and farts and everything. And we kind of put a little veto on them. But, but we're back, baby! We're, we're back! <laughs> <laughs> Next week's question, Marcus. Next week's question is why do dogs sniff each other's bums? That episode is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing. In the shower with Taz and Marcus. 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 This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 